In today's episode, I wanted to share with you seven mistakes that I made when I was grading my students. Hopefully, you can listen to these mistakes that I made and reevaluate how you are grading your students so that you can prevent making the same mistakes. Maintaining or increasing enrollment, staying on top of ever-changing content, incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about in addition to applying great teaching principles. Our term just ended and our administration team that I'm on right now, we've been having a lot of discussions about grading and the various grading practices that our teachers are doing. So I kind of felt like this was a good time to share some of the mistakes in grading that I made as a teacher. And I see now hindsight, well, as I started teaching longer. I picked up on some of those mistakes, but then now as an administrator and as a parent, some of the mistakes that I see that I was making myself that teachers a lot of times make. So I'm going to share some stories about some things that Jared and I did. Um, Jared, my husband, teaches welding and me who taught engineering to kind of give you some examples and have you think about some of your own grading practices and maybe some things that you might need to tweak. Now, I'm not going to go into specific grading philosophy during this episode. And if you want to go into that, please send me a DM. Um, I'm on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most at Kristen Masick or try to find me on Facebook. And then we also have a Facebook community for this podcast, the On Your Prep podcast community that you can join where we can chime in on some of this. And let me know if you do want to hear a little bit more about philosophy. So today we're not going to go into philosophy per se, but just some grading practices. So when I first started teaching, I didn't really know like how I was going to grade. So I tried to work with some of my colleagues who unfortunately happened to be new teachers as well and kind of figuring out like what grade point, like how much were you doing and how much were you making things worth. And it's just things that we don't learn in our teacher prep programs. So you may have had a great mentor that went over this with you, but I unfortunately didn't. So I learned as I went, which probably a lot of us are in the same boat. So I'm going to go over some of the mistakes that I made. So the first one was grading everything. I can't say that I ended up making this mistake because my mentor teacher, when I was student teaching, she, she gave me permission. She was like, hey, just so you know, you don't have to grade everything. So even if the students do something, you don't need to give them a grade. Bell work, quizzes, not everything needs to be graded. And quite honestly, a lot of things, if you're doing formative assessment, they shouldn't be graded. It's more for you to know where the students are, not necessarily for them to get a mark. And so that grade in the grade book actually ends up being more of a summative assessment rather than a formative assessment. 
that was the first thing, grading everything. I see a lot of teachers who tend to grade everything. And let's be honest, we are busy enough. You do not need to grade everything. And if the students turn it in, feel free to recycle whatever they've turned in without actually grading it. Look through it to see whether or not they completed it, maybe where there's misconceptions, but don't don't grade it. All right, so then my next thing was not aligning grades to a standard. I was kind of giving grades like willy-nilly and points, a few points here, a few points there, not really sure how they aligned to anything. But once again, I felt like the students had put in effort, so they needed to get a grade. So I quickly figured out that we needed to actually have something standards-based. Not necessarily saying that you need to change your grading to standards-based, but it needs to be tied to a standard. So you can justify, hey, we did this assignment, this project, whatever, because it goes along with this standard and your I can statements. In episode one of this podcast, I did mention how to get to your essential standards. So from a huge list of standards, how to essentially Marie Kondo or um, determine which ones are your essential standards, because you also don't want to have to have an assignment per standard if you have 50 standards. So you really want to narrow that down. So check out episode one. And then also I have a free workbook that kind of guide you through what we went through in episode one that is a link to it in the show notes but it's at kristenmasick.com forward slash standards and that can really help kind of guide you through and have you allow you to take notes to kind of figure out what your standards could be all right the next one is saving grading for the end of the day and i think jared probably had a better example of how he did this so when he would have students weld they would weld these coupons and then he had these five gallon buckets and they would put their welded coupon with their name with a marker in these five gallon buckets and he would grade them at the end of the school day. So he'd have them, they'd all stack them in this, their coupons in their buckets. And then at the end of the day, he would stay a very long time and individually go through each of those coupons. So we had a couple issues there. Um, one is he would find that some students would take someone else's coupon from one um, bucket and write their name on it and put it in another bucket. So that was one thing. Um, And then it was just taking so much time. So grade whatever you can on the fly. So now he has changed it so that students will actually come up to him during class, show them his their weld and he'll actually sign off he's got these time cards that are on cardstock and he'll sign off their weld when it has met proficiency. So by doing that, he can come home at a normal hour. So if whatever you need to do, walk around the classroom, give them points as they're doing work, as you're seeing examples of it, you don't necessarily have to have them turn everything in and then you go through everything. If you see them doing it, why not give them points? All right, this next one is a biggie, especially with virtual learning. Now I was using an LMS way before we needed to. Um, But some things that people say that they love about the LMS is that it will grade for you. All right. 
great idea-ish. Because there goes my formative assessment. The assignments were being automatically graded or mainly quizzes. And it was just populating into their grade books. I, as a teacher, was not taking my proactive measures of actually going through and seeing how my students were doing and reteaching based on that. It was more of like a one and done thing. Having your LMS automate your grading was a big mistake for me in my class because I lost the true teaching aspect and the reteaching and like helping my students learn. Okay, next one. Expecting that students will resubmit work. Some have these great policies, and I had it too, like, oh, you can resubmit it over and over and over again until you get it right. And that sometimes works. But I think the linchpin here is that it, you can't have too many assignments in your class. Because if you're wanting them to resubmit things, first off, if you're using something like a four-point scale and you're giving a student a one on a four-point scale, they may not want to turn it back in because they may not understand like, well, they didn't understand the first time. How are they ever going to get a four? So they may not figure out what they need to do to resubmit it. So I would suggest instead of having that idea of resubmitting, which I am still a huge fan of, you can still submit work whenever. And I love when students are willing to resubmit. But maybe you don't let them actually submit their work until they've actually met a certain level of proficiency. Then you give them a score that is a higher score rather than a failing score. And then if they want to resubmit it at that point, they are welcome to. But some students are just happy with the B. Okay, next one. Grade-dependent projects. So I'm talking about end of the term, 50% of your grade is this project. So a kid has an A, and then at the very end, they don't. Because for some reason, their dog ate their homework, whatever. They were sick that day. They didn't turn in this project that was worth the majority of their grade. A lot of times it was when I was doing some big like engineering or architecture project and we were doing things for like three weeks. Give points at various parts of the project and then so for example say your project is worth 100 points and you're working on it for 10 days. We'll just make math easy. So I would give them 10 points a day that I see them getting to the point where they were supposed to. And the day that it's turned in is actually just worth another 10 points. So if some catastrophe happens and they can't turn it in or they just don't for whatever reason, you know, they all have excuses. They still got a 90 out of 100, which as a teacher and assessing what they have done, well, I saw what they did. They did 90% of the work. They should get a 90 even though they didn't turn it in on that day. So just something to consider as far as huge grade dependent projects, instead of having the entire project worth, what I've seen too is where instead of worth 100 points, it's going to be worth 200 points. So they give 10 points per day. And then that very last day on the presentation day, 
It's worth 100 points. Well, they've done the whole project. You saw the entire project. But for whatever reason, they don't present. Well, they are at 50% at that point. And depending on the grading scale you're using, that could be an F. All right. The last thing that I want to talk about is having a late work policy. Um, some people swear by them. I don't know very many people that do, though, because it causes a lot of work on your part. When I first started, it was if you don't turn it in on the day that it's due, then it's worth 50% the next day, and then 40 and 30 and 20 who can keep track of that? I don't know if you have like some sort of like special stamping system. Like how do you even know? I know if you're turning something in online with like an LMS, you can really timestamp and like track when they turned it in. But you still have to do the math. And then at the same time, you're kind of discouraging students from turning it in late at all. And I know there's this argument that, well, in the real world, So quite honestly, have any of you experienced that real world late work policy where you've lost your job or something catastrophic has happened because you didn't turn something in on time? I feel like the real world is maybe something we're making up. I know like medical students, like if they don't pass their their exams, the school that they're in actually works with them and gets some extra support so that they can take it again and pass it the next time. Even in teaching, if you don't do well on an evaluation, there are other options. Usually what you do is you have a plan of assistance to help you get better so that when you have your next evaluation, you will improve. You don't instantly lose your job. Pretty much what it comes down to it, I just wanted to get a lot of stuff off my chest. Some of the mistakes that I made that hopefully you can prevent making by learning from some of the things that I've gone through and some of the things that I witness still as an administrator. To go over the mistakes that I made as a teacher when it came to grading are the following. So don't grade everything. Make sure that your grades or your marks align to a standard. Don't save all your grading for the end of the day. Don't rely on your LMS to automate your grades. Don't have this expectation that students will resubmit their work. Don't have large grade dependent projects that will essentially make, could make the students fail. And don't waste your time by having late work policies that require you to do more work. So if you want to continue this conversation, or once again, if you're interested in some possible grading policy things that I've gone through, through my many years of teaching between me and my husband, um, come join the conversation in the On Your Prep podcast community on Facebook, or check out my website, kristenmasick.com, or hang out with me on Instagram, at Kristen Masick. We'll be excited to see you next week. Mm-hmm.